welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I was talking the other day with Pastor Kirk, and uh, we were talking about the upcoming sermons that were on the calendar, just kind of going over it. And I said, yes, we have a, a two-part series and then Miracle Offering. I said, we're going to do Hot mic this week, and then we're going to do Hot Thoughts next week, and then it's Miracle Offering next week. I said, wait a minute, it can be Hot mic, Hot Thoughts, and Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. I mean, I don't know that works, you know. So it's, now it's a three-part series, and... Uh, You're accountable for the words you say, you're accountable for the thoughts you think, and you're accountable for the way you steward the things that are in your hands. So there you go. That was a late edition, Hot Pockets. How many saw Jim Gaffigan? All right. Hot Pockets. All right, all right. That's all I got. So we just read in our soap in Matthew chapter 12, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. It's just sobering when you realize that every word you speak, and that's what we're going to talk about, the hot mic, the fact that the microphone is on, that, it's, that someone is listening, and that someone is God. Now, hot mic has been a phenomenon that has happened, really, with the invention of this, the, the, the wireless mic. You know, it used to be a, a recorded mic, and you would have to hold it, and then you would set it down and get away from it, but now this microphone walks with me. It goes, and people don't realize that the lapel mic or the mic that's on their ear and hanging there is, is still recording and sometimes broadcasting. There's been some famous ones that are out there. Ronald Reagan was just doing a mic test and he said this in joking, in jest as the president of the United States. And he said, we have outlawed Russia. The bombing will start in five minutes. Well, the mic wasn't actually on, but someone leaked that. How many know that caused a little panic in Russia? George Bush, while he was addressing the nation, he didn't have the moment, but the CNN news anchor, Kyra Phillips, for 90 seconds didn't realize as the news anchor that her mic was still on as she was ranting about her sister-in-law, calling her a control freak. As the whole nation listened to George Bush, they heard her instead on CNN. CNN said they had technical difficulties. Yeah, right, explain that to her sister-in-law, you know, like... Mitt Romney said, uh, while he was running against uh, Barack Obama, he said, 47% of the people will never vote for me. They're dependent on government. He said that on a hot mic. But not to be outdone, President Obama leaned over to Medvedev and uh, the Russian representative and said, hey, this is my last election. And when we're done with this election, I'll have a lot more freedom, which caused a stir in the political community. What was he meaning by that hot mic moment? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You may have seen there's the city council member that left the microphone on when they went to the bathroom. Excuse me, I need to go. And they, you can hear them flush the toilet. That's why I control the mic myself. I'm just letting you know, I know where that on and off button is. And it, there's just, the technology has caused us to realize that there is the hot mic, that God is listening. And the things we say, we're going to give account for. There's, there's of course, Cell phones with the camera, we're, we're recording everything. If you act up, somebody's recording it and then posting it out there. Um, of course, accidental butt calls, you know, that's what they call it, where you just kind of sit on your phone and it, it calls somebody or a Siri call if that offends you. But I mean, uh, and it just calls you accidentally and, and the person doesn't know that they're there. But by show of hands, how many of you listen to the call? You just listen and you, 
What are you looking for? The mic is on and God is listening. The mic is on and God is listening. Let me read Matthew chapter 12, hot mic. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he says this, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Which, can I just stop for a second? Last week we talked about being fruitful and I thought that stood out to me. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, fruitful. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You are a brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Now let me be clear, there's going to be two judgments. There's a judgment, did you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes or no? That will seal your eternity in heaven. But then you will have a second judgment for those that have said yes to Jesus that enter heaven. There will be a judgment and we'll give an account for the things we did and the way we steward our resources. And the Bible says for every word that came out of our mouth. For by your words you'll be acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned. It's a, it's a serious warning that Jesus is given here. He says, I tell you, it was like warning, warning. I tell you, you're gonna have to give account for the things that you say. And I looked this up. The average person, now this is not taking into account that women speak more words than men, but the average person speaks 7,000 words a day, 50,000 a week. If you want to know how many that is, all of the books that I've written are around 50,000 words. So you write a book a week with the words you speak. You speak 3 million words a year. You speak 219 million words in a lifetime. You're going to give an account. You're going to give an account. You're going to have to say, why did I say this? Why did, why did that come out of my mouth? What was I thinking? And I want to be clear in today's day and age that we're not talking about censorship. I'm not trying to censor anybody. We, we believe in the free expression of ideas. We believe people should self-monitor. We believe that people should speak the truth. We are not cancel culture in that way. Jonathan Haidt said this, something about this culture. He said, this culture teaches people to see words as violence and to interpret ideas and speakers as safe versus dangerous rather than true or false. And so we have no problem saying that's truth, that's false, that's true, that's a lie. We have no problem with the free, and we're not worried about like if it's safe or dangerous and you don't have a right to not be offended by what people say, but we have a right to have truth and, and say that's true, that's a lie. We're not shutting down voices. We believe that the truth of God's word triumphs in the free expression of ideas. Man, the truth of the gospel, the way of living for Christ will triumph, and we want to put that on display to the world. So there's, there's accountability for every word we're going to say, and even in today's day and age, how many know there's extra accountability? It's not even the spoken words now. It's expanded for us. Like, think, in the days of the Bible, like to even be able to write on paper would have been held for someone that was elite. And today you can write and broadcast it to the entire world with just two thumbs and a phone. And you send it around and we have, we're gonna be accountable for Facebook or Meta is the new name. We're gonna be accountable for Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and blogs and comments and articles and texts and email and Slack. And you understand, we're gonna give account. And so the hot mic is on, it's going. And it can't be erased. 
God has the screenshot. You're like, God, I deleted that. I paid someone to delete that. Yeah, sorry. You know, he's got the screenshot of it. And we know God hears. I mean, if you look throughout the Bible, you'll see in Genesis when he's uh, telling Abram that you're going to have a son and you're going to be the father of many nations and Sarah's going to give birth. And she laughs. She's in the room. She's laughing. And God's like, what are you doing laughing? She's like, I didn't laugh. She's, he's like, yes, you did. I heard you. He's hearing the laugh. He's hearing the words. We also know in Acts chapter 5 when Ananias and Sapphira are, are getting ready to bring their offering to the church and they conspire to not give all of it but say that they were. And the Holy Spirit had heard this and tells Peter, like, they're lying and gives him a word of knowledge because the Lord had the hot mic going. He knew what was going on. So we're going to give account. God is listening. So back to chapter 12, it says, you're going to have to give uh, account for every empty word. Some translations say every idle word. Idle's not a, a good word to translate because that in, implies like a casual word that doesn't go anywhere. But let me tell you something. Empty words go somewhere. Once they're launched out of your mouth, whether you meant it or not, it is launched and it starts seeking a place to destroy. It goes. It doesn't matter whether you meant it or not. Once it comes out of here, it's been sent and there's no way of grabbing it back. These are the words that we blurt out, that just bust out, that blast out, that are barfed out, whatever you want to say. And we just, they just come, you're like, oh, I didn't mean that. These words reveal the character. That's what God says. And it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. That's a sobering thought. That means we're going to have to give account for our words. And I would pray that as Christ followers, our words would betray us, that we just wouldn't have the words that are bad, that are tearing people down. We'd have great words, godly words, uplifting words. And it, it, it almost would be like, you don't speak the same as us. Are you a Christian? Like they would just know that there's something different. But we're going to give account for every word we speak. It's a hot mic. That means in the car words, on the golf course words, at work words, at home words, guys night out words, heat of the moment words, girl talk words. The, it's a hot mic. It's on. It's being recorded. And I want to focus on a few areas just as we look at hot mic here. The first thing would be is don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28. The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. There's a victory in not saying it. There's a victory in it not coming out, that you can have a filter, a stop, a not send, and being able to have restraint on the things for this hot mic. Abraham Lincoln is attributed with a quote that he famously said, it's better to remain silent and thought a fool than to speak out and remove all doubt, you know? So don't say it, don't say it. Now let me go on a couple of serious things here. You're gonna give account for the profanity that comes out of your mouth. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, there's no place for a profanity to come out of your mouth. Again, our words should betray us that we are followers of Jesus. Proverbs 4.24 says, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. There's no room for profanity. Stop it. It has to stop in Jesus' name. Our speech needs to be pure, and there should be no place for that. 
I don't even like the close words that are like the Christianese substitute words where we change some vowels or some consonants and we kind of change it around. But every thinks you were kind of wanting to swear, but you didn't swear because you said the other word, but you think you're not. So I don't even like those. And I do have a confession to make. In the last month and a half, I just even noticed a couple of times that I had those close words. Like I abhor the profanity, but I, I don't even like to say the close words. But in the last couple months, I had a few close words come out, like just the substitute ones. And I want to be very clear, but even free, that just bothered me. I, and they were with Becca like when I was venting or, or complaining or whatever it was, and I said these close words uh, about a situation I was dealing with. And as I was preparing this sermon, it was just like God was like, you're giving account. You don't even like to say those words. You felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you said it and you still rolled with it. The mic was on. That was a hot mic. It was unacceptable. And so I was repenting even while writing this sermon. There's no place for it. I remember when we would swear when we were kids. I mean, this dates us. Soft soap was not invented yet. We had bar soap. Mom would be like, get over here. You don't say that word. And you'd be like, no. And she'd get that soap out. And you'd want to take the smallest bite possible. But now we know she had speed on her side. She'd, she'd get that. You got a big bite of that soap. And then soft soap was like, man, she was like, get over here. You know, and like. God can cleanse your mouth. You don't have to swear. You don't have to use profanity. You need, you need to stop in Jesus' name. Our words should betray us. And it shouldn't be like, yeah, oh, yeah, you must be a Christian because you're using the substitute word. No, we are betrayed by our pure speaking because we realize there's a hot mic on right now. I want to say this to anybody that has been using profanity around your family. If they're listening right now, even if they're not, but especially if they're listening, they know, like, that's you. They heard it. They heard it. They know. So you're like, now what do I do? You apologize. You apologize. You say, hey, I have been using words that are inappropriate. I'm a follower of Jesus, and this is an area I have to grow in, and I'm going to do everything I can to stop this. I'm going to ask God to give me the strength. I want you to hold me accountable, and I'm going I'm to get this area under control. God will cleanse your mouth. He will not use soft soap but he will cleanse your mouth. And I believe that. I believe that your, your vocabulary can change and the hot mic is there. And instead of saying these terrible things, you will say these, these words that are godly. Another thing that you need to do if you're battling profanity, uh, look at what you're consuming. Look at what you're consuming. And you say all the people at work, and you may not be able to change the way people are at work, but you could still stand up for what you believe and not use it and let them know that you don't like it when they use it around you. It may not cause them to stop it. But also look at what you're digesting, what you're taking in. I mean, the movies that you are watching, I know that I go to this site, screen it many times, and, and I'll, I'll search it out and look for words, the movies, and see if the content is something I want to digest. And I remember one time somebody suggested a movie to me and it had so much profanity and I was just shocked. I was like, no, I'm not going to watch that. And then I was like, why would they even recommend that? So look at what you're digesting. Apologize to your family. Make a stand. I'm going to change on this. You're going to give account for gossip. That's another one. We're going to give a account for gossip and slander. Proverbs 2019 says, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. I didn't realize this, but in my studies, uh, John 
uh, who wrote third John, first, second, and third John. John, who wrote that, was the victim of gossip or slander. And in third John chapter, or third John verses nine and 10, he says, I wrote to the church by Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I'll call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Isn't that interesting? He's like, when I get there, I'm confronting him for his slander and his malicious nonsense that he's been sharing about us. There's a hot mic that is going on, and we are not to use our, our, our tongues to speak out gossip or slander or negative. Proverbs 18.8 says, the words of a gossip are like a choice morsel. They go down to the inmost parts. There's something about gossip and slander and, and false accusations that will embed themselves deep into someone is what the Word of God says. And the University of California, Santa Barbara, verified that. They said a negative message repeated twice becomes more valid than a strong good message. So when somebody repeats gossip twice, it embeds deeper into a person. When someone slanders someone twice, it embeds deeper than the truth. When someone shares fake news about someone twice, it embeds deeper into the person than even the truth can embed in that person. That's why God's like, we don't want gossip. We don't want this. So if you're gossiping, if you're full of slander, the mic is on. We don't need this. God does not need you doing this. You need to stop in Jesus' name. We'll give account for obscenity, which is different than profanity. Ephesians 5, 4 says, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. That means dirty jokes, dirty innuendos that are shared. These are coarse joking. These are obscenity. These are things that, we need to stop in Jesus' name that these things should not be coming out of our mouths, that we should not want to go down that road, that we should not be repeating those things, that we wouldn't say that. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's sinful. And we should say, God, we do not want to be the ones that pass on these obscene things, these immoral words, these dirty jokes. The, the laughter of the crowd is not worth it for the frown of God with the hot mic on. You say, well, God, everybody, everybody at work likes me. Well, God's not happy today. God's not happy with the things you said and the stories you told. You'll give account for angry words. The, the, the mic is on. The mic is, it, it's recording everything. And Proverbs 15, 1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And Ephesians 4, 26 says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. There are so many words that we speak in anger. What do you want to call them? The in the car words, the by yourself words, the walking down the hall words, the wherever you are, the angry words to the person, the angry words in the moment that you say those things and then you say, I didn't really mean it, but they're empty words, but they still were sent. Those angry words, we're going to give account. And also, we're going to give account for murmurings and muttering. All right, now I did a staff teaching for our staff, and I felt I wanted to include this in here. We're going to give account for the muttering that we do and also the murmuring that we do. And I want to explain the difference. Um, muttering is when someone's trying to process something. Somebody tells you something, you don't agree with it. Maybe a boss gives you a directive and you're not sure and you're kind of like, I don't know, I don't know that. You know, that's, that's muttering. You're like, I don't know, what do, what do they think? I don't know. You know, you walk away and they go, what'd you say? You go, nothing. You know, that, that's muttering, all right? That's muttering. You, and, and you know what? 
We all mutter, and we need to grow in that area and not mutter, okay? That's muttering. Muttering is by yourself. It's in a low tone. It's something that you're, you're processing. It's on the verge of going out of order. And it's interesting. Ecclesiastes 7.21 says, Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. So it's saying like, when they're muttering like, I don't know, stupid boss, and they're walking away, as long as they're not gathering a crowd with it and they're muttering, sometimes you need to just, it's just the, what'd you say? Nothing. Okay. And you don't have to press them like, I thought I heard you say. I, okay. It's saying like, have a little grace and discretion in those moments with the muttering people are processing. All right. But then there's murmuring and murmuring is when you're complaining. Murmuring is when you're fault-finding. Murmuring is when you're trying to build a crowd or find a sympathetic ear. Muttering, you're by yourself. It's not even intelligible, you know? All right? Murmuring is like, hey, I, I don't like what they're doing around here. I'm not a fan of this. What about you? You, you, think, you see things the way I do? Murmuring. I think leadership's lost their mind. I think they're crazy. I think they've got issues. I don't know why they're the leader. Murmuring, it's out loud. It's trying to build a coalition, if you will. And the Bible is all, again, the hot mic is on. God's like, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing the murmuring. Matter of fact, when God's people, the Israelites, were murmuring against Moses, who, do think he, who does Moses think he is? Hey, are you with me? Who does Moses think? Hey, we should stand up to this guy. He, he's not a great leader. Why did God pick him? And they're murmuring and they're complaining. And God's like, I'm going to wipe them out. <laughs> Think about it. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, all the people that I've chosen are all committing adultery. I'm going to wipe them out. It wasn't that. They were walking around talking bad about their leader. And the mic was on. And God's like, I'm done with them. And Moses is like, God, don't wipe them out. Don't wipe them out. I mean, if you wipe them out, the Egyptians are going to laugh. All the people are going to hear about it. Don't start over with me and my family. Like, please, God, please, we'll correct this murmuring. God cannot anoint murmuring. And so we've got to watch that hot mic that is on and say, God, I don't want to be somebody that has that type of spirit that attacks leaders and attacks other people and attacks these other and, and, and does it. And I just, we live in a day and age right now where it's like murmuring is a skill set that is valued by our culture so much. It's just, it's just whoever can get the coalition and complain and murmur and say they're no good and attack this and attack this. Some of you say, well, I'm not a murmurer, but everybody murmurs to me. You're like, I'm not the one and, you know, you know, maybe, how many of you ever, you know, don't raise your hand. <laughs> but I, I will have people say, well, I, I'm, they just came to me. I didn't, I didn't do it. It started with them. I, I didn't start the murmur. I, I, I was in the coalition of the murmur, but I wasn't the starter of the murmuring, okay? I want to tell you what you need to do. You need to give them an angry look when someone murmurs. You need to give them an angry look. It's biblical. Proverbs 25, verse 23 says, The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. When somebody comes up, what do you think of leadership around here? What do you think of that? What do you think of that? What do you think of the bottom? What do you think? Oh, and you get, just look. Give a mean mug. I don't know. You got to be meaner than that. Maybe a growl. 
But there's something about a look that says, I'm not a sympathetic face to talk to you. And you got to watch the head nods. Because I know you could be like, I don't agree with this, but you're like. <laughs> and then you look like you agree with it. So the Bible is saying, give them that look like. If you're going to do a movement, give them that one, you know. Mm-mm-mm, Step back for the lightning strike. You know what I mean? Do, do whatever you got to do. You give the look. And I don't know what emoji you can send that says, don't do this. Don't send me this anymore. I'm not murmuring. We do it with side text. What do you think with this speech going on right now? I don't think they got it all together. And this is lame. And this is stupid. Why did we make them the... It, we do it with text. We do it vocally. We do it through Slack. We, wherever we're doing it, we got to stop that murmuring. We're going to give account. The mic is on. The text is being recorded. It can't be deleted. And I'm praying right now that we'll have this hot mic mentality, understanding. We're going to give account. The mic is on. So what should we do? Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Set a guard here, God. Keep watch. I, I desire. I, I want this to be pure. Guard what comes in. Guard what goes out. Give me that ability to have that restraint, that ability to hold it because the mic is being recorded. You can ask him to do this, and then you can pray this. Psalm 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, may my words be pleasing. May it not be words that are destructive. May it not be words that are angry. May it not be words of profanity. The mic is on. The mic is on. And you may never have had to live with a, a microphone on, but there's a sobering wake-up when you realize, were they, was that on? Was that? But the mic is on. The mic is on. And I'm asking our church, and I'm calling our church up to a level to have us realize there's a hot mic going on, and we will give account for every word that we speak. May we cut out the muttering. May we cut out the murmuring. May we cut out the profanity, the slander, the gossip, the things that come out of our mouth that show that God's really like not changing. We want to change. We want to change into his image. Let's cut those things out and say, God, change me, transform me. The mic is on. So Lord, I just pray that right now. I pray that our heart would be cleansed, our words would be pure. So that on Judgment Day that when we are played the recordings or however it's going to work, God, we repent. We ask for forgiveness. We ask for that to be covered. We ask for our words to be uplifting, faith-filled, God-honoring, full of faith, full of hope, full of victory and joy. God, we just desire that our words would be better. Our words would betray us in that way. With the mic on, Lord, and listening, may it just be praises and good things and godly things and uplifting things and things that are there, like Ephesians say, that are for the edification of others. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the grace. And I just pray right now for the mom or the dad. It just feels like, ah, oh, I, 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 maybe they didn't hear it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. I pray that they'd go to their family. They'd confess this. They'd admit that it's a, it's a sin, it was wrong, and they're going to change. They're going to ask you for the grace and the strength to do that. I pray for the person that says, I have to swear because everybody at work does it. I pray against that lie. They don't have to swear because everybody at work does it. 
I pray for just our mouths to reflect the change of God, the grace of God, the fruitfulness of what you're doing in us for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.